members of the Gamer Nation to Geekhead Radio. This is one of your three co-hosts, Preacher23, wishing you a happy Star Wars Day on this May the 4th. Woohoo! And this is Perrin, deep in the heart of Texas, who is enjoying his May the 4th with uh, much pool time. Man, a little too much pool time. Uh, anybody have some aloe vera? <laughs> Um, somewhere probably. Uh, this is Courtney. I just pretty much flew in from doing a Kessel run or something, so I'm not fully here yet, but hi. Hey, you know what? We'll take you as it is. So, Thanks. Um, as mentioned before, this is episode 33 of Geekhead Radio, your one-stop podcast for all the half-ass geek news across this wonderful intertubes world and uh hey today you know being may the 4th it wasn't actually completely planned but it seemed to fall into place just right um we're gonna kind of focus on some of the uh, big beefy details that came out of lucasfilm and disney this uh last couple of weeks um some pretty major news to uh those who have been hardcore fans of the star wars series through the expanded universe um, and then just some interesting news for the rest of you that aren't even aware of what's been going on. I kind of think our listenership is, is, is pretty clear on it, but if anything, you're going to get our opinion on it outside of, you know, most regular listeners know my opinions of the EU and I got some wonderful news this week. I don't know. Do you really think there's enough for us to talk about? Come on. <laughs> Barely. Okay. Okay. Hey, Clayton. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, folks, if you are listening to us live, you know that we're on Justin TV. Keep coming back. We love you. We do. We really do. Uh, but if you want to keep up on a daily basis, you can follow us on Facebook. Just look up Geekhead Radio. Uh, we'll pop up right there, and we constantly post all sorts of good geeky news. Um, if you uh, are into the 144 character uh, type of news, you can uh, follow us at uh, uh, Geekhead Clayton, Geekhead Aaron, and Geekhead Court. Uh, we are constantly posting little tidbits of, of goodness, so you can uh, share with your other friends in the Twitterverse. Um, if you just want to listen to us but not live, uh, you can find us on iTunes, geekheadradio.com. Write us reviews, goddammit! Yes, we want to know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. There are people listening. We know. <laughs> we know. We see the numbers. Uh, but we want to know how you... Uh, we want to know what you think, so we can make this even better for you. And uh, if you don't want to leave a review, you want to uh, send us a message uh, directly, you can send it to geekheadradio at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a message for Courtney or Aaron, you can do that at Aaron 
or Courtney, edgeekheadradio.com. Or if you want to make fun of me directly, you can do that at Clayton at geekheadradio.com. And for the most part, he's pretty good-natured about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I haven't, of course, I haven't done anything too stupid this week, so <laughs> it's a good week to get at me. Well, you haven't, you haven't really been doing much. You've been busy. <laughs> that is true. There's still time. There's the law of averages. And then, of course, uh, as you heard at the top of the show, uh, we are part of the D20 Radio Network, and you can also contact us, leave us comments uh, on the d20radio.com forward slash forums. We're under Variety Podcasts. We share that with uh, the Geek Menagerie. And, uh, of course, you'll find us under Geekhead Radio. So if you want to post anything there or respond to any of our posts, feel free to. But that's probably our most limited um, amount of interaction we get from the regular listeners. And you know what? So be it. We have to share it. So I'm okay when we get to be a little bit of the attention whores and say we're the center of the Geekverse for half a second. <laughs> I could give you the physics argument about why, of course, we're center, the center of the geek universe, but well, by yeah. extension, everyone else is too, so I'm not sure we really want to go there. <laughs> give me my moment, goddammit. It's all about you, Aaron. It is. It is. It's all about me. Hey, and, uh, you know, drink of the show depends on... You know what's going on here right now because it's a wonderful 1:20 p.m. in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am consuming a Chernibok Black uh, Lager from the Bohemian Brewery, and you know what? It's not too bad. So I might be a little fuzzier than the last episode where we recorded at 9 a.m. and I was drinking tons of coffee. <laughs> we'll get back to it. It's all good. <laughs> so. Um, before we jump into the Star Wars news here, uh, let's let's hit some skewed news. What say you? I second that. Yay! We take you now to Kermit the Frog with another fast-breaking news story. All right, Kermit. <laughs> you don't. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So uh, I figured, uh, you know, we got to dig around a little bit. Can't it can't all be about Star Wars? So let's talk about how NASA is uh, entering the grid of the of you know Tron. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck a, is up very, with this, this new a very suit? Yeah, the probably three months ago we uh, talked about this and shared a, a link so that uh, the public could vote on the new look of. NASA's astronauts, and for some reason, all three uh, designs were fe- were obviously influenced heavily by Tron, <laughs> and uh, I guess that shouldn't be any surprise that the the uh, gray on neon blue design uh, won because it was the one that's most like Tron. This is for the spacesuits. This is for the new spacesuits. Um, they're finally going to go. They're finally chucking uh, uh, the old "Hey, I can't maneuver uh, these things because I feel like I am a Muppet" uh, <laughs> suits, um, and they're going to something that is going to allow them to uh, move around not only much better in space, but also for the future Mars missions. Which uh, would be wonderful if we even knew what the hell we were going to do with our future manned space missions because of all of the problems going on with Russia right now. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, and uh, space, SpaceX uh, 
blocking Boeing and Lockheed from getting their uh, their engines because their engines are manufactured in Russia. So we got a whole <laughs> lot of uh, political cock blocking going on with space exploration. Yeah, that is that that was perhaps quote a poor plan, but hey. <laughs> We'll see how things pan out. If anything, this might actually get us back onto the drawing table for uh, our own U.S. designed um, uh, reentry shuttle replacement for the classic shuttle. I don't that know would what be kind of awesome. Well, the uh, they have already uh, spun up the stuff in uh, Houston. Uh, they've done the splashdown tests uh, uh, so far. They're getting ready to do the next. Uh, um, uh, rounds of the dropping the uh, new capsule from higher and higher heights. Um, they're supposed to be doing the little, oh crap, the rocket is exploding underneath of us, escape uh, uh, vehicle tests here the next couple months. And uh, all the while, uh, SpaceX's Grasshopper continues to perform almost flawlessly in their... Uh, uh, takeoff and landing tests that have now moved from Texas into New Mexico. Uh, so that's every time they post those videos, I get really excited because, uh, Elon Musk is, uh, obviously got a, is obviously paid to have the best engineers because that grasshopper is awesome. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's hope that, uh, uh, we see some, pretty intense innovation because i am looking forward to more space exploration i feel like we are in an era untapped before and things are just getting held up by petty politics yeah we've got so much so much you know potential with the technology and everything it's really yes very sad that we aren't doing as much with it as we could because even so so much so many innovations are inspired by you know the the attitude that goes with having an active space program even if it's not directly with the active space program mm -hmm. so i feel like we could be doing so much more as a country if we had exactly. if we had more with it well let's uh change things up okay now, this one, I'm not entirely sure how to take, and I think every Time Lord uh, joke has been milked to the fullest on this bit of news that hit, was it Thursday or Friday? May uh, either 2nd or 3rd. Um, Matt Smith, the last doctor, doctor number 11, or 13, depending on how you want to look at it, um, he is going to be in the reboot, if that's officially what it is, of the Terminator mm -hmm. franchise. No, reboot. Jeez. Okay. Well, you have to say one thing. I mean, at least we know there's going to be one decent actor in the movie. There is that. We have Emile Clark from, or is it Emily Clark from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Daenerys, Targaryen. And once again, I, I, I think she's Sarah Connor. I don't know. I didn't dig too much. It's, the idea of them rebooting the Terminator franchise just seems so desperate to me that I've just kind of been rolling my eyes and not paying close enough attention. <laughs> I'm not sure the Smurfs. Why should this surprise us? Yeah, oh, I'm not sure that it's any more desperate than anything else, really. That's been rebooted, yeah. Recently, and most of it is. And, and although Terminator seemed kind of desperate after the last couple, 
yeah, I stopped at Terminator Three and mm-hmm. just kind of said, "All right." And I know, and maybe I should have watched the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but um, I am of the mindset that I'm about done with um, River Song. What the hell's her name? Summer Glau. Thank Summer you. I, I she just seems a shoe in. Um, I think too many people hold on to her. Her character in the Serenity and thinks she needs to be in every geek property, and she just, nah, she can't act, in my opinion. She's just, well, she was a ba- she was a ballet dancer. She got into she got into acting after, sure. and part of the reason they chose her for River was because she could, she was so physically, bendy. and that's fine for Fire. It worked for that, yeah. But everything else she's in, she's just about as bland as as cardboard. Anyway, that's not what we were talking about. So, <laughs> nonetheless, we'll see this how this goes. what happens when we don't have a show run on coffee. Yes, exactly. Um, Preacher has a tendency to ramble. <laughs> so, uh, that's about it. I mean, he's... Who else? Is there anybody else worth mentioning in this? Um, no. No. <laughs> not yet. All right. Moving on. Okay. So, uh... Zack Snyder will be directing the Justice League movie. Is anyone shocked? No. Eh. Does anyone care? No, I think we've... I appreciate I'm, the... I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going <laughs> to make a... I was going to make a smart-alecky comment about how I appreciate the effort that you guys put in to put something other than Star Wars in this May the 4th movie, but in, in this May the 4th uh, episode, but you know what? We could... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Zack Snyder will be, uh, bring more misogyny into the uh, uh, Justice League universe or whatever the hell you want to call it because uh, Warner Brothers just, you know, Warner Brothers sees it as a property whereas Marvel Studios see it as a work of their comics and I just don't think you're ever going to see anything. There's going to be too many compromises and too many focus groups that are going to damage any attempt at any cohesiveness is my opinion. And Zack Snyder is very rapidly becoming very overrated, in my opinion. So that's my part. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about uh, something that I did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see all the faces. Yeah. So um, last week we were going to attempt an episode, but unfortunately due to circumstances where I had to put my 14-year-old cat down, um, I kind of opted out of podcasting last week, and, and hey, it worked out because we got more Star Wars news. But um, we went, I, my family and I, let me put it that way, unlike six months ago, um, where both Courtney and Clayton joined me for the Salt Lake Comic Con. They had the fan experience, which I was a little skeptical skeptical on because I wasn't entirely sure how this was going to differ from the Comic Con that occurred in September of 2013. And um, my skeptic nature was not denied much. Um, It was basically the same thing all over again, minus the interesting panels. Oh, wah, wah. Now, I don't know if that's just my personal opinion on it, but um, there were some nice things that they did. They expanded the, the Salt Palace uh, Convention Center's floor room, so there it did not feel nearly as crowded as it did uh, with their inaugural uh, Salt Lake Comic Con experience. Or not experience, excuse me, that's a 
its own thing. Pardon me. So, um, there was 100,000 people there on Saturday, April 19th, which exceeded last the last uh, Comic-Con's uh, record-breaking numbers in Utah by about 25,000 people. Wow. And this officially put it in third place behind the San Diego Comic-Con and the New York Comic-Con. Wow. So, they obviously got a better draw of um, celebrities this time around. Um, still the same amount of shops, but... Uh, there was uh, Patrick Stewart showed up on the very last day, kind of on a last-minute notice. William Shatner was there again. Large amount of the Star Trek uh, Next Generation crew was there. I saw uh, that. Karen Gillian made it. Um, I didn't get an opportunity to meet her from um, uh, uh, Amy Pond from Doctor Who, but I saw her in her little go-kart as she drove by. And she's a, she's a very childlike ch- look to her with her little pixie cut right now because she shaved her head to be Nebula in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a little disconcerting. And Brett Spiner is much taller than I expected. (laughs) It it was weird. He was more of an imposing figure than I anticipated him. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the, uh, Star Trek Trek turnout looked looked like it was pretty awesome. I was a little disappointed when I saw that when I saw all the people that were going to be there. I'm like, oh, no, did we go to the wrong one? (laughs) Should we have should we have waited and gone to this one? But if you said they did, if you said the panels weren't they they didn't have quite the same draw. I mean, I have to admit one of my favorite panels still was um, oh the actor's name is slipping me and, and I'll let somebody else's Google foo. Uh, step in, but the comedian, the writer for Rift Tracks, who also did Tom Servo and Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, his panel was probably one of the most entertaining um, from the first Comic Con, and I really love that um, that Lovecraftian panel that, that all three of us sat in on. Michael Nelson? Yeah. No, it wasn't Mike Nelson. It was the guy who did uh, Tom Servo. Murphy? That sounds about right. Kevin Murphy? Yes. Mm. So. Um, and then, uh, on a side note, um, I, I I heard somewhere that uh, not Mike Nelson, who's the who was the preceding <laughs> actor uh, comedian? Um, Bill See, Corbett. No. See, this is no. why I should not go off the rails. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's uh, they are trying to uh, push for Mystery Science Theater three thousand to come back. We'll see how hmm. that comes out but i think with everything that rift tracks is doing I, I i i think that's more of a shot in the dark than anything else but didn't i read that nathan fillion was going to be there he was there and oh! i saw him from a distance See? along with uh, adam baldwin okay and so there was a number of people that uh, took you know got to have the firefly reunion um shots with them but i didn't get an opportunity to to pop in on that one because i met the esteemed Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams. Awesome. Is he dancing his way through the the uh, the floor? Well, that let would me make it even more awesome. Let me <laughs> tell you this: this was pretty entertaining. Um, while we were standing in line, because we had prepaid for our um, our photo op, it was me, my wife, and our son. And um, 
as we were standing in line waiting to t- have our picture taken there, said for $10 more, his uh, dance partner from Dancing with the Stars is, is going to be available. Does anyone want to have a picture taken with them, too? I don't think a single person gave a shit. Oh, that's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> it's sad, yet somewhat funny. And, um, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of time to, to, to do anything more than shake Billy D. Williams' hands and say, I really appreciate all your work. I, I knew that if I you know, gushed over Star Wars would be the same thing that he's probably heard a thousand times over, and I'm sure you'd sooner want to talk about Brian's song than that, or... Um, but I, but I bet he's 45. never gotten a Geekhead Radio business card before. Did you slip him one? No, that wasn't going to oh. happen. Oh. Um, but uh, it, it was a little odd. He was wearing a, a cardigan and a, and a gray scarf, and if you follow me on Facebook, you can see the picture with me and my family and him, and uh, I, I at first I wanted to... Uh, sit on his lap and tell him I wanted for Christmas what I wanted for Christmas and then I realized <laughs> I was the only fat bearded white guy in that room and so it should, should have been a role reversal um, and then on top of that too I wanted to give him a Werther's butterscotch candy or a toffee candy because I mean it just I felt like I was hanging out with somebody's grandpa but <laughs> you still got that smooth voice and and uh, it, it was a cool experience so there's we have that picture um, we could have gotten it signed but I figured for me it was more I got a picture with Billy D. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta love a guy who, at his age, can get out and still uh, um, work the crowd. Oh, hell's yeah! And and of course, uh, due to um, there was already rumblings coming up that uh, the other cast, uh, the original cast members from um, episodes, I still have a hard time saying it. Four, five, and six of Star Wars, you know, the classics. Um, were being cited in London, and Billy D. Williams was sitting in Salt Lake City. That I already had a stra- uh, feeling that uh, Mr. Lando Calrissian was not going to be in Episode Seven, or at least would not be one of the headliners. So he might be called back a little bit later on. I, you know, but then again, I thought that was a little unfortunate because he's been next to Mark Hamill. He's been the one that's continued to lend his voice to video game interpretations of Lando or the robot chicken series. And he's, he's, you know, kept a good sense of humor about who he was, um, during that time. And I would be highly disappointed if we don't see him in episode seven or any of the other star Wars movies in any capacity. Yeah. And I mean, he is pushing 80, so, uh, he's definitely showing his years, uh, more than, uh, pretty much any of the other cast, except for maybe, um, Chewbacca. Um, um, Peter Mayhew. Yeah, yeah, Peter. Well, of course, Peter just had his freaking hips replaced, so he has a reason to be moving slow. Yeah. I think it. And I don't know. They can do a lot with the. Uh, they can do a lot with the with the magic of the movies. I thought that. Uh, I I thought that. Um, Oh jeez, I, I I thought that yeah, some of the people that I've seen in interviews, they look way older than when you actually see them, you know, in a in a current movie or anything like an Ender's Game or something like that. You know, Han Solo looked 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 okay in that, but some of the interviews, it's not not, not so quite much. as much. So, lighting plays a lot of you know, it does. Um, one very cool thing that I got to do is I got to meet Joe Caroni in person. He, he was there. Ah. Um, he was our guest from episode 22 from any of the, any of you that have not, uh, caught that episode, um, in the conversation, he stated he would love to be back on the show. So we might pull him back in. Um, 
but of course, with uh, anybody who works in a in a uh, professional and direct manner with the Lucasfilm <laughs> Industries, um, we're going to be limited on anything that we can get out of them because the Lucasfilm lawyers might uh, sweep down, and I sure as hell don't want to affect anybody's uh, continued employment by asking stupid questions. So. <laughs> You can leave that to me. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Clayton's fine with that. <laughs> and then on a final side note, I'll, I have to say, you know, I, I, I passed out a few of the Geekhead Radio cards. Um, not too many of them because uh, it became pretty, pretty uh, well, I wasn't up to 100% because my two herniated discs acted up really quickly into the whole experience. And I was in pretty excruciating pain pretty quickly. <laughs> But luckily now I've had an epidural shot in my spine, and I'm hoping that that will help. But um, nonetheless, uh, near the end of the day, I wanted to hand off some of our cards to some of the professional female cosplayers that were there. And my intent was basically I wanted to get um, kind of a dialogue going um, and invite them to be on the show to discuss uh, you know, some of the issues that comes along with the cosplay um, community um you know some of the and some of the good stuff that comes along and um as i approached one in particular and i'm not going to name names because the person may have been having an off day i have not been blown off like that since i was a teenager trying to ask a girl out for a phone number it was easily one of the most (laughs) awkward conversations that when i even attempted to talk to this person at their booth um, i immediately recognized I'm just going to get blown off immediately. Um, yet I didn't want to just walk away. Um, but well, no, I did want to walk away. It just wouldn't have been socially responsible to do so. <laughs> and I was so painfully dismissed on, um, you know, just the excuses of, well, I'm really busy and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was just like, yeah, just, just, just walk away. It's going to be much easier for all of us. She took the card and, promptly put it in a pile of crap that I'm sure that she's already um, accumulated. And so it was just a very saddening experience to me because there wasn't even an attempt at a smile or anything. Even my wife was like, holy shit, she blew you off. <laughs> and, and, and I'm praying that it was just something like we just happened to catch her at a bad time or whatever. But I mean, it's either that or just a podcast like us or a dime a dozen. She gets tired of hearing it and, you know. I'm sure that's the case, but I, I well, really thought we could I have a killer conversation. I don't know how often she's asked to rehash, you know. So, you know, what's it like? Is it is it her? You know, I don't know how often she gets asked to rehash those sort of things, exactly. too. That if she's having a bad day, that's going to come out, too. Yeah. So I just kind of walked away just going, well, that was awkward, but uh, so be it. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully that's not how she treats all her fans, and and I don't get the impression that's necessarily the case. So, it was just very disappointing to me because I, you know, wanted to be that more of a a networking opportunity, not because you know necessarily I want to get the uh, podcast uh, listener base up, but um, you know I like having these type of like cool conversations about what it is to be a part of geek culture, even when you see the darker sides of it. So, nonetheless, there we go. So, uh, onward and upward. Absolutely. And, uh, because of that, let's start this off with a classic tune from Bill Murray. A Star Wars. The 
nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. Ah, they really should have tapped him for episodes of If they should fire wars, please let these. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody remembers that besides me. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, you know, let, let's put out something a little more appropriate here. Once again, I'm sorry. I, I think this is the only way that if I'm doing parodies of parodies, then I can uh, skirt around uh, internet... Uh, copyright laws and stuff so let's just not think about that too hard shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so once again it is may the 4th and we are broadcasting live on justin tv and uh yeah you know sunday afternoon not very many people in the chat room but that's fine we're gonna continue on so clayton there was some interesting news that hit uh earlier this week uh especially regarding my much-aligned expanded universe of the Star Wars experience. Yes! uh, It's kind of a a complicated uh, uh, subject which uh, has provided a lot of uh, discussion points and and elicited a lot of uh, anger from the Star Wars fan base as they have decided to clean up "Quote unquote," the timeline by taking anything that's not directly related to the cinematic uh, endeavors of Star Wars and pushing them off into a uh, uh, a new classification of Star Wars tales. Yes, the legendary series, and um, I think we speculated on this, or at least I speculated, or joyously tried to dance on the grave of uh, the expanded universe in an early, uh, earlier time. But um, we kind of suspected this was going to happen, and um, I wasn't exactly sure if they were going to make an official statement. But long story short, um, the big announcement was, uh, and I will quote this, Now with an exciting future filled with new cinematic Excuse me, installments of Star Wars. All aspects of Star Wars storytelling moving forward will be connected. Under Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy's direction, the company, for the first time ever, has formed a story group to oversee and coordinate all Star Wars creative development. We have an unprecedented slate of new Star Wars entertainment on the horizon, said Kennedy. We're set to bring Star Wars back to the big screen and continue the adventure through games, books, comics, and new formats that are just emerging. This future of interconnected storytelling will allow fans to explore this galaxy in a deeper ways than ever before. In order to give maximum creative freedom to the filmmakers and also preserve any element of surprise and discovery for the audiences, Star Wars episodes excuse me, 7 through 9 will not tell the same story told in the post-Return of the Jedi expanded universe. While the universe that readers knew is changing, it is not being discarded. Creators of the new Star Wars Entertainment will have full access to the rich content of the expanded universe. For example, elements of the EU are included in the Star Wars Rebels. The Inquisitors, the Imperial Security Bureau, the Sinir Fleet Systems are story elements in the new animated series. And all these ideas find their origins in the role-playing game material published in the 1980s. Demand for past tales of expanded universe will keep them in print, presented under the new Legends banner. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Um, personally, the the fact that they didn't just take all the books uh, out back and burn them is uh, uh, a good thing in my. I mean, you acknowledge them, move them to some place for posterity's sake, mm-hmm. but say, hey, we want to get, we want to take the story where we want to rather than being told where we have to take the story. I'm completely okay with that. So since I am, as usual, the voice of the the geek who is not just perhaps into Star Wars as you guys are, that yes. is the official title, <laughs> um, please, please explain to me one more time what was so controversial about the expanded universe i know you did not particularly care for it uh other people obviously feel very strongly about it so can you give me a little bit of background essentially um you know you had you had the marvel comics back in the 19 uh, well i guess late 1970s into the 80s that uh were stories told around the movies and of course they went into the more fantastical um, aspects of the star wars universe but they were included in future expanded universe material as um canon of sorts um Mm -hmm. some of it was rewritten some of it was reimagined um but it wasn't until essentially uh what was it 1992 or 93 that air of the empire came out um, by timothy zahn that uh first took up the mantle of explaining what occurred post-Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And in that story, essentially, um, the uh, remnants of the Imperial forces, if I recall, and I'm going to misquote it, and someone's going to be pissed, but, you know, deal with it, were led by Grand Admiral Thrawn, who was a non-human general, and, uh, or excuse me, Admiral, and he tried to bring back the glory of the Empire through cloning a Jedi Master that had perished uh, during the Clone Wars, or at least I think that's what they were trying to say at that time. Of course, that's now been flushed out. Um, And Stormtroopers were cloned again and all sorts of things. And and I think during the time of that book, uh, Leia was pregnant with the the twins, and it it, it, it was a very robust exploration of the post-Return of the Jedi exploits. And then comics came out, and more books, and and soon uh, Kevin J. Anderson got involved and, and wrote 17 books with a world-destroying weapon that was the same fucking story over and over again. <laughs> and, uh, and then other people took Star Wars in very weird directions, and eventually you had um, the invasion of um, Stargate into, well, it might as well have been, Star Wars with the Yuuzhan Vong, and and then they tried to go all dark and 90s and, you know, edgy with Star Wars, and things just got more and more convoluted, but these characters became very established, such as Mara Jade, who became Mara Mm -hmm. Jade Skywalker, Luke's wife. Um, Luke and and Mara had a child. Um, how How many kids did the Solos have? They had three. They had three. It was the twins at first, it was uh, Jason and Jaina Solo, and then Anakin Solo? Correct. Okay. And then it was Ben Skywalker, right? Correct. And all sorts of kooky events occurred, and and Jason Solo fell to the dark side and became Darth Cadius. And I've never read these books, but just because of Wikipedia and and just exploring that as I tried to write my own Star Wars games... I became more and more aware of some of the convoluted nature of some of the stuff. 
And so ultimately, there's a lot of loved characters that are that have been are potentially up for complete um, deletion from the Star Wars universe. So your main issue with the expanded universe is how convoluted it got. Um, that and the fact that it was always about the Skywalkers and the original and the solos, and it just got to the point where it's like, can can somebody retire already? There's so many more characters that are integral to the Star Wars experience that it just it was the same thing over and over and over again and the longer that they wrote out these stories the more it minimized the impact of the movies because Mm -hmm. things were getting more and more extreme and and it got to the point where it's like well you've now just dwarfed everything that happened during return of the jedi not that you know the the death of a an assassination of a political figure will completely collapse an economy but you know it just gotcha you, you, you keep going, and you, you keep going, especially with the same characters, and you've got to continually top it. And then, yeah, the original thing seems almost like small peanuts in comparison, even when yeah. it shouldn't. Gotcha. That's, like, that's exactly the, the, the okay. big problem that a lot of people had was, Excellent. it was like, what are they going to introduce that can beat uh, Luke Skywalker, who can now cloak an entire assault fleet with his mind? That's one of the problems with taking something for so long, Yeah. I would like to come back to that once we talk about casting then. Yes. <laughs> so with some of that fan reaction, I, I've i personally not had an issue with it. I, I sense this was coming. And and with some of the casting news as we go ahead, it already looks like there's a very large chance that the whole concept that Leia and Han had twins off the, the get-go doesn't seem to mesh with the casting. And so I think we're going to see a very quick... Um, change of pace and with just that one element that's going to pretty much delete everything that happened post uh, Return of the Jedi now they may take characters or themes of characters and bring them into the movies or books or forward going comics with this whole storyboard uh, committee that they have but um, I wouldn't expect there to be much in the way of survival Um, and the most unfortunate thing, in my opinion, with all of this, is now video games are not considered canon as they once were, so The Force Unleashed has been severed from the timeline. And I really, you know, it, that's okay, but at the same time, it's really disappointing because, uh, you know, we've gotten to know Natalie Cox, who was Juno Eclipse in those two Force Unleashed games, and her character's kind of up for deletion, too. Well, they'll just have to find another one for her. I hope so. She she does live in London, so we can always pray that she becomes part of the greater Star Wars universe in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see if everything that has been put out becomes like an alternate universe. Um, and if that's the case, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to move forward on continuing to um, write in the expanded universe as it is. But um, I think... Uh, the heydays of um, Star Wars and every medium outside of the movies is done and over with for the moment, um, and it's going to be a lot more um, organized, I guess? We can hope so. Yeah. So, ultimately, we'll see how that pans out. So, um, speaking about the next big piece of the uh, official Star Wars canon, let's talk about Star Wars Rebels for just a moment. Um, So basically, because Star Wars Rebels is coming out this fall, and um, if you have been on the internet at all today and follow any of the Star Wars sites, 
um, or any other geek news, we uh, have seen the first full um, trailer for Star Wars Rebels. It's no longer just teasers. Um, so, Clayton, what are your thoughts so far from what you've seen? Really quick, is that a new series? Yes, it's a cartoon yes. that's going cartoon, to... cartoon, I was going to say. Okay, mm-hmm. that's kind it's of a... Going, it's going to happen in the years leading up to Episode Four. Okay. So we're going to see the formation of the Rebel Alliance. Okay. Um, we don't know much more about the storyline. Um, we do know we've gotten quite familiar with uh, the, the the cast of characters they're going to um, uh, present us with. Um, and uh, I watched the trailer. Uh, finally, got it to work uh, right before we went <laughs> we went live. Um, but it definitely gave me the feel that we're, that the themes and styling, not the art styling, but the, the, the style of storytelling that we saw in the Clone Wars is going to continue. Did somebody turn on a fan? Okay. That was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's done by Dave Filoni, um, who was the uh, supervising producer, editor, or whatever you want to call him for the Clone Wars, so I'm sure there's going to be some tie-in. Uh, there would have to be. Um, but, you know, being on Disney XD, they are going a lighter tone. But um, that's kind of how Clone Wars started, and then it became a lot more dark as the Clone Wars continued, which... Because there's nothing quite as quite as light as a group of people plotting to overthrow the government. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I've I've got high hopes. I think it'll be fine. Um, but uh, I've gotten to the point where anything Star Wars related um, is now more of a you know it's a movie or a television show. It's not the event that it once was because um, the last time I thought that way, we ended up with Episode One. So. <laughs> I, it's I, okay we don't blame you yeah, I think a lot of people are now taking the approach of hey it's cool something's coming but I'll reserve judgment until I actually have the opportunity to uh, sit down and see it for myself there's much less uh, fevered speculation than yes. there once was do you think that's more because of the because of the quality of things that came out in the past, or because they've diluted the market? Uh, I I definitely feel that uh, where we are seeing a dilution in the market. I mean, not necessarily just Star Wars, but I think with just the the types of films that are coming out and the way they are presenting uh, the material um, really makes you almost want to avoid stuff. Yeah. Um and I mean Godzilla is a is an excellent uh um uh example of let's kill the horse. Let's not we're not gonna beat the horse, we're gonna kill the horse before it comes to market. Um and they have they've they've all but given away the entire plot of the movie and yeah. everything that could be surprising about the movie. And it doesn't come out for another two weeks. You sound hey. like you have an opinion. I just, <laughs> we're seeing more and more of this, and I, I'm I'm really hoping that someone realizes this is not a good thing to get people excited if you basically give away the movie before it goes out. No, well, especially with something like Godzilla, because I mean, there's a giant lizard; it destroys. Yeah, it you destroys don't want to give away the subtleties of that plot. Say, yeah, say, how much? 
I mean, we know, okay, it's going to be Godzilla, he's going to fight a monster, there's going to be Japanese people running away from him in terror. Exactly. We we know that. You don't have to give away all the rest of the, I mean, the the fun of the Godzilla movies is, who's he going to fight this time? Um, And uh, they gave that away two weeks ago, and uh, I really hope that we see, not only for television series, um, we don't see that that giveaway as much so that uh, we can get back into that. Uh, I think there's a lot of good things that come from uh, anticipating something that you've, uh, um, they're going to release a new, uh, a new movie to go with the Anne Rice book, which I'm sure they will do. Um, you don't want to have everything given away before uh, you actually have a chance to go to the theater um, or wait until it comes out in video and, and sit down and watch it. You don't want everything to be given away. Okay. Well, um, moving on a little bit with the Star Wars Rebels uh, piece of it, too, and the destruction of the EU. Um, the first book in the new expanded universe, that's the only way I can call it, is A New Dawn, and it'll be a tie-in to the backgrounds of the characters Kanan Jarrus and Hera, who is the Twi'lek pilot, um, and how they met prior to the Rebels series. So that was written by, um, oh dear lord. Oh, the guy who did all the Knights of the Old Republic comics. Jackson Miller. John Jackson Miller. So um, that's one of the first uh, tie-ins. And then it looks like they've got three other books that are coming out um, later, um, within the next year or so. We've got an entire book on uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. We also have um, some book that looks like it's about Luke in between uh, and his his exploits between episodes uh, five and six, and then another book that's uh, about Palps and Vader. And I don't know how that's going to feed into everything, but I imagine that these will all be, be tie-ins to bits of information that will come out in episode seven, especially if they're going to push this agenda. So, um, shall we talk official episode seven casting news? Ah, yes. Okay. So earlier this week as well, we've got, um, the full listing of the main characters, um, that are going to be in, well, not the main characters, but the main actors who are going to be playing characters in episode seven. Um, minus one, minus one. We, we've got, of course, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, um, Carrie Fisher, uh, Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker, and Anthony Daniels returning as their characters. But and I think the... uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, because I think he's going to be able to fit into that suit a lot better this time. <laughs> <laughs> the man has lost some weight, and if you remember how skinny he was in the original films, you're like wondering, like, wow, now, what's up with him? But now, prior, prior to, um, I just have to... I find this all the more entertaining because I, this was obviously from a 2009 interview with um, with Kenny Baker, but he had some uh, opinions that he stated that he had about Anthony Daniels, and I wonder how this is going to come back and bite him in the ass, but I just have to to, to quote him. Kenny Baker, who, who sat inside the R2-D2 uh, suit. 
canister. <laughs> he said, uh, I thought it was just me he didn't get on with, but recently I found out he doesn't get along with anyone. He's such an awkward person over the years. If he just calmed down and socialized with everyone, we could have made a fortune touring around making personal appearances. I've asked him four times now, but the last time he looked down his nose at me like I was a piece of shit. He said, I don't do many of these conventions. Go away, little man. He really degraded me and made me feel small, for want of a better expression. He's rude to everyone, including the fans. So, so, so he is like Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a little bit awesome. <laughs> and and uh, we'll have to see how that bites Kenny Baker in the ass. But I I don't think the line delivery is going to be much of an issue. So, hmm. um, nonetheless, here are the the uh, the new people here. Now, um, we've got John Boyega, and I believe he was from the, uh, the uh, British uh, horror movie, science fiction horror movie called Attack the Block, which I enjoyed the living hell out of. Have either of you seen that? No. I have not. I say I saw Attack the Block, and I, for whatever reason, I thought of Attack of the Show, and I guess that's not the same thing. No, not, not even remotely close. So, um, John Boyega, he does have some acting chops. It'll be interesting to see how he... Um, does in the Star Wars universe. Um, I read, I think it was on IGN, somebody speculated he's playing a Jedi of some part, and I'm kind of hopeful that he... Okay. Um, this might come off sounding racist, and it's not meant to be, but um, at the same time, it's it's meant to point out some issues. I really hate, I really hope, really hope, that just because he's a black actor, he doesn't end up being related to Mace Windu or Lando Calrissian. I really hope they don't try and pull that shit off. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. So um, we also have Daisy Ridley, who is a relative unknown actress, but she stri- uh, has a striking resemblance to uh, some people have pointed out um, Natalie Portman, and so they believe that she may play the offspring of um, Leia and Han now. There didn't appear to be anybody that could play the potential Jason Solo, so I'm I'm really going to wager a guess they're not even going to keep the names of the characters from the books. That's probably uh, the best way to make a clean break and do something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Adam Driver, I think he's the one that has been... He's had the most uh, speculation. I think he was one of the first people they stated was going to be in the movie and be playing the potential villain um, and he's from Girls, and is, and I think he was the one that was also up for. Uh, was it was speculated he would play Nightwing in whatever variation of the Justice League that was supposed to come up. Um, Oscar Isaac, um, I don't think he's been in. A, well, he's been in some things, but he's not one of those standout actors. Now, the only thing that um, I knew him from was from Sucker Punch. Yeah. And um, you know you, you can't you can't uh, judge somebody based on one bad horrible, horrible movie. But uh, he was also in the the most re- he was King John in the most recent Robin Hood done by yeah nobody worth mentioning. I think it was Ridley Scott. Maybe hmm. not. Yeah, <laughs> he's another one of those directors but that was amazing. To say both both Adam and Oscar um, got a lot of praise for mm-hmm. Inside Lewin Davis. Pretty much anybody who was associated with that yeah. film, everybody was like. Okay, this is one of those ensemble casts where everybody was just outstanding and picking anybody from the movie as far as like Oscars or Emmys or whatever um, is really you could just pick anyone and 
they had more than earned it. Now, one of the big shockers that uh, came out, nobody saw coming, and I'll admit I didn't see it coming, and I'm hoping this isn't just another CGI character he's playing, but Andy Serkis is also casted. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think pretty much everybody sees Andy and goes, okay, so we're going to have an alien. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we need an alien. Let's give Andy a call. Yeah. yeah. And we're going ha- to have an alien that is not going to be human, so he's going to have to be physically acted in some weird way. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. And then uh, Domhnall Gleeson, who I vaguely remember from being in the last two um, Harry Potter movies. He was playing the, the eldest um, Weasley. And mm-hmm. then he also, <laughs> I remember him more clearly, actually, as the tech guru in um, the, the most recent uh, Judge Dredd movie. The one that had his eyes ripped out and implants put in. So. Oh, that was him. Okay, yeah. I remembered him from the from the the True Grit um, uh, remake. Oh, that's uh, one he of did... those movies I still haven't gotten around to seeing, but desperately want to. And Definitely then finally, do. Ming the Merciless returns, <laughs> <laughs> or an old priest, or whatever. Max Van, Max Van Sydow. Um if he does not channel, channel um, Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon, I'm going to be highly disappointed. We need some big <laughs> acting in there. But he's actually a an accomplished actor, so I don't think he'll necessarily be chewing the scenery in the same way. So, the one big thing that I saw the most uproar over was uh, there, there was only one significant female role announced. Yeah, and mm-hmm. while they JJ said that they're still looking for another female lead, I think that it's it still seems very very light. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you consider the fact that you know they're that you know, you're talking fifty plus percent of the population in you know assuming they had assuming that in the Star Wars universe you have standard birth rates like you like you do like you do here. Even if you're taking into account, okay, maybe not as many women would get involved in military type stuff, which, you know, is not even necessarily true or would hold, you'd think you would have a larger uh, a larger percentage representation. I mean if you just look around you see a larger percentage representation in, you know, in world-changing activity stuff. You'd think they'd want to represent that, especially since they have, um, since, I'm sorry, in the movies, there is a bit of a history of, um, yeah, female characters not being written well. <coughs> Padme. Oh, um, <laughs> and you'd, you'd, you'd think they'd want to address that, especially since J.J. Um, Abrams usually has fairly i've been liked his female characters in the past you'd think he'd have you'd think there'd be more in there yeah i really like what he did with uhura in the new star trek so i'm hoping that we get that same type of strong independent uh uh character here but like star trek i think it's still and i think it's just action movies in general which i think is Hollywood bias that they need to get mm-hmm. out of. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. it's it's male dominated for whatever nineteen thirties predisposition towards oh women can't do this shit. Um, they need to break that and really uh, sh- show that these women have the chops that everybody else has that we know they have. 
Well, yeah, and we don't want, you know, and so many times even when they do stick a woman in, it's like the, here is your token strong woman. She's very flat. I mean, yes, she's a badass and she doesn't take crap from anyone. And her, you know, her her flaw is she's, you know, too impulsive or too strong-willed or, you know, something. As opposed to being a real fleshed-out character, which, you know, don't get me wrong, one can't say that about a lot of the characters, especially in the the in one through three. So that's perhaps an unfair uh, an unfair statement. But you know, I would hope that they could take this opportunity to do that. And there are so many women that really love Star Wars. So it's not that there's no market. Yeah, and and with the Clone Wars, with the introduction of Ahsoka Tano, um, and the fact that she became the most developed and um, wide-ranged character in that entire Clone Wars, Wars cartoon, I'm highly disappointed they didn't just capitalize on the fact that that's, that was probably one of the strongest female characters written in the Star Wars universe to date. I mean, Leia was hit and miss. I mean, you put her in a metal bikini, you can argue that that was Jabba the Hutt that did that, but she still ended up playing second fiddle to the the male characters. Uh yeah, I, I can't really criticize the bikini the metal bikini too much though, because there are so many belly dancers of a certain age that are like, that's what made me want to become a belly dancer right there, Princess Leia in the in the bikini. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I can't criticize that. I can criticize the shoes. <laughs> hey, at least we know Carrie will not be in a metal bikini this time. Oh dear God, please no. Well, and here's here's something interesting. I said I wanted to get back to this when we talked about the when we talked about the casting uh, the casting news. So you said that one of your issues with the um, with the expanded universe is that um, you know they took the same characters and they had to keep topping themselves. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that's going to work with so many of the original players in it? I was actually very surprised to see that. I was kind of hoping it would be nearly a clean break because they wouldn't have to constantly, you know, top what the old top, what they had done in the past to keep it interesting. That was actually what they were gearing for initially. And that was what Mm -hmm. Michael Arndt was brought on for. Um, And when JJ Abrams kind of finally pushed that he wanted episode seven to be the, basically your one last big adventure with the original crew. Mm -hmm. um, And, the younger characters would be introduced, but they would take on the franchise afterwards. Transitioning. Um, yeah, it it changed out everything. And I actually read because you know we're we're Sam we're fans around here. Um, he had uh, he had um, uh, auditioned for episode seven before they changed the parameters of the storyline. And when they changed the parameters, um, it it the part he I guess he was. Um, uh, auditioning for no longer existed, and so he just mm. kind of had to take a step back. However, with what they're intending to do uh, with Star Wars and following what occurred with the uh, Marvel Universe, we're, we're likely to see more opportunities as time goes off, as long as they don't continue to rehash the, you know, Han Solo, the young Han Solo, the young Boba Fett days. It's just, gonna, let's move on and, you know, have some more interesting characters. But at the same time, you don't have the same cast of characters to draw from as you do the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, you can say there's a Captain America movie. You can say, you know, he's he's got a history. All the other characters have got histories. But if they're really going to try and branch out, um, who's going to want to see Jim Bob, the Gungan, 
movie just because he's going to integrate into episode eight or whatever. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a Gungan movie. <laughs> so, yeah. So okay. let's, hope, well, let's hope that yeah. there's a course correction when it, when it comes a little bit further on into the Star Wars movies. And I think there's the opportunity. I mean, I, I say, I see it as a major issue because, um, you know, I'm, 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 I fall on my face sometimes when it comes to being aware of feminism, but for the most part, I would like to see female characters written well and no longer just play second fiddle to a cast of male characters. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I would too. I mean, if for no other reason than just, you know, st- statistical, statistical representation. I mean, I don't expect everything to be about a female or a woman by any stretch, but the lack of presence, even in even in the background, you know, kind of speaks sometimes to something. And the fact that you've you know often got you know one token woman who this is our strong woman, yay, as opposed to a human mm-hmm. um, is kind of an issue. And yes, Star Wars, the movies at least have you know have a history of having issues with that, not just with with women, but with minorities or minority caricatures um jar jar um so so this you know this is would be an excellent opportunity to kind of correct that and i kind of hope they do well any final thoughts from you clayton before we uh wrap up this wonderful star wars day i think my my parting thought on the subject is going to be i trust jj to do to star wars what he did with Star Trek, which is revitalize and really capture the themes and the the things that made us fall in love with Star Trek, but with a fresh new face. I, that's that's my that's my hope. That's my wish, and uh, I really I've got faith that JJ is going to do that for us. I, I don't I, go ahead. I, and that was actually something I was going to bring up. I know I'm definitely the minority here, and I haven't seen the second new Star Trek yet. But Don't. the first one, the first one I thought was okay, but I felt that it was a "Hey, Star Trek fans, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, you remember this? Yeah." And it wasn't really an exploration of much. Mm-hmm. It was. It seemed kind of fan servicey to me. Yeah. Um, it didn't. I know everybody. I know most people loved it, and I just. It didn't seem to me like there was much deep exploration, partially because they didn't feel like they had to, maybe because everybody knew what was going on, and also because it was, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, inside joke, yeah, Kirk and those green chicks, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned he's going to. I hope. I never would have thought he would have gone there with Star Trek. I hope he doesn't go here with that too that's kind of a concern that i have you know what i respect that entirely and that's that you summarized it pretty well some of my biggest concerns i don't want it it to be too much of a fan service express them yeah yeah so the more you speak the less likely it's going to happen that's unless (laughs) not with me (laughs) unless aaron says it and then it will (laughs) yeah i get shit canceled (laughs) yeah (laughs) you are probably responsible for the eu going away for the I'm, record. I'm fine with that. I, I figured myself it would be. be. Absolutely fine with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, let's see how things uh, pan out in the meantime. Um, because of real-life 
um, events. Clayton's not going to be involved in the next uh, for next while for Geekhead Radio. So if we want to get out another episode between now and July, we're we're uh, we're looking for um, guest uh, co-hosts. So if you want to give it a shot, hey, let us know. You know how to contact us. We have it at the top. You know, just email us either at geekheadradio at gmail dot com or individually, Aaron at Geekhead Radio. Courtney at Geekhead Radio or Clayton at GeekheadRadio.com. And um, I'm kind of making this up on the fly and they're going to be pissed at me, but send in a little recording if you want to try and pop in, if you want to add anything to it. Um, if not, we're going to try and uh, either get a new guest or uh, one of our older guests and try and see if they want to come in at some point. But um, as I was telling Clayton prior to the show starting, um, we're less than a three weeks from our two-year anniversary of doing Geekhead Radio. Wow. And you have officially been on for over a year now, Courtney. Woohoo! <laughs> Go me. So you're no longer the new person. Nope. Nope, nope. Well, thank you again for joining us on May the 4th. And may the 4th be with you. This is Preacher 23 telling you don't just embrace your inner geek, make mad, ravenous love to it. And this is Perrin, and once again, thank you for getting head from Geekhead. And this is Courtney, reminding you that a tentacle in the hand is worth two in the... Never mind. We'll see you later, folks. Terminate transmission of Geekhead Radio.